Welcome to Reside by Sotheby's International Realty. I'm Eric Weinbrecht, your host and guide as we dive into the pages of Reside magazine to discover more about the incredible people, places, and brands featured within. Please be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to at Sotheby's Realty on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to experience incredible homes and stories from around the world. Without further delay, let's get started. Joining me today on the Reside podcast is Molly Harris from Venture Sotheby's International Realty in Hawaii and Moira Holly from Realogic Sotheby's International Realty in Seattle, Washington. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Aloha. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. So we know why we're here and, and what we're talking about today, but we're going we're gonna to bury that lead for a minute. And before we jump into the, the bulk of our, of our story and, and what we're really here to talk about, uh, I want to know a little bit more about you guys. So like, let our audience know a little bit about you. Uh, how did you get into this, this world of, of selling homes and, and how long have you been a real estate agent? Well, I'm going to defer to Moira first because she's been doing this a little bit longer than me. So let's hear her story. <laughs> uh, I have been selling real estate in Seattle since 1992. And uh, I've changed companies maybe a handful of times for various reasons. Uh, but in, I want to say, 2000 end of 2008 and, and into 2009, uh, I was looking for a better mousetrap and <laughs> felt that the company, which was the largest locally owned brokerage in the Seattle area, uh, had really outlived its usefulness for my brand. And I wanted to collaborate with smart people and either create a new luxury brand or find a luxury brand uh, to align with. And so that led me to uh, a conversation with Dean and Stacy Jones, uh, who I knew from the industry had been introduced to formally by a mutual friend and knew that our thoughts were aligned. Uh, at the time, the uh, landscape, the real estate landscape was changing. Again, this was 2008. Um, so we were, we were at that point in the middle of the, the darkest days um, in terms of the real estate market, market and the financial crisis. Uh, and so at that time, they were looking for another opportunity as well. And they'd been doing uh, condominium marketing uh, with the same company that I had been with. So for a year, uh, we were under NDAs with Sotheby's. And uh, we, at some point, decided this was a good idea uh, to talk to the Sotheby's brand since starting a new luxury brand would would really just be a challenge and uh, not really serve our purpose. Uh, so it was the international 
uh, part of Sotheby's International Realty that really spoke to all of us. And the idea of becoming a Sotheby's brokerage in Seattle uh, soon became a reality. Uh, there had been another brokerage in town uh, under the old platform that had the right to use the Sotheby's brand. And coincidentally, while Dean, Stacy, and I were on this journey, uh, they gave up the brand. And mm. that opened the door for us uh, to have the conversations. My business, it was at kind of a turning point where I really wanted to elevate my business. And I knew that I just couldn't do it uh, at the other brand. So from there, the rest is history. Uh, we unofficially opened in 2009 uh, and actually February of 2010, and then officially opened in June of 2010. And, and like you said, the, the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> so, so Molly, how did, uh, how did you get started in the industry? You know, I feel like I have been in it from birth because both of my parents were real estate brokers growing up. So I was the little girl swimming in the pool at the open house on Saturdays while my mom was, you know, showing clients around. And then as I got a little older, driving the golf cart in the community in Miami, Florida, where I grew up in Doral, my dad was the original developer of uh, the residential community there. And I remember it, you know, God, 10, 11 years old, I'd be taking prospects to meet him out at, you know, spec homes he's working on and working in their filing papers on the weekends. And, you know, it just was my life. And of course, you know, he told me from early on, you got to get your real estate license as soon as you turn 18. And that was the last thing I was going to do, right? So I went in a whole different direction and got a pre-med degree and thought I was going to be selling real estate, uh, excuse me, thought I was going to be a, a physician. And uh, through a series of crazy events no one could have predicted, my husband and I just celebrated our 19th anniversary a couple days ago. Which Congratulations. Been, thank you. It would have also been two days after September 11th. And we were in California uh, for our wedding, uh, you know, a couple of days after that. And it changed the course of what I was going to do. I was uh, working with a plastic surgeon um, and thinking that was going to be my life. And all the time, all I would talk about is wanting to return to Hawaii. And one day this physician said to me, Molly, have you read the, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? And I hadn't heard of it, read it. And he says, I just don't understand. You know so much about real estate. You want to be in Hawaii. You want to be a mom, you know, with a career. This is not going to be that job. You're going to be great at it. And I'd love to support you finishing a medical school. But I really think if it was me and I could do it all over again, <laughs> that's the path I would choose. So I moved back to Hawaii with my husband, got my real estate license in 2002, and immediately was hired to move to Costa Rica to go sell real estate at a really beautiful, incredible resort called Peninsula Papagayo in the Northwest province. And it was a dream job for someone who was newly uh, licensed to be able to go there and 
hop into multi-million dollar sales in a beautiful resort community. And really, you know, I, I had an advantage because I was from Miami and spoke Spanish, so I could, you know, jump into the Latin world. But learning real estate, um, you know, through a project real estate platform is very different than general real estate. You kind of get spoon-fed your clients and, you know, your product is all right there. You just kind of know one thing. And um, a few years into, you know, the boom that was happening in Costa Rica in the early 2000s, I was being approached by several different real estate companies down there to, you know, ask me to come work with them. And it was one of those situations where I was just in the right place at the right time. And I just happened to have, you know, a U.S. real estate license in Costa Rica. There is no such thing as any licensure. And I made the decision that rather than join one of the small boutique real estate ventures down there, that I was going to start a real estate company myself. And I was going to take listings of various projects that were there so I didn't have to be married to just one. So I had a couple of partners and we were shopping around for a brand that we could landmark, which would you know, really speak to luxury. And we ultimately had decided on Christie's Great Estates. So I became a Christie's owner in my late 20s uh, with a couple of partners. And we took on the best projects you could imagine in the entire country. Everybody wanted us. And it was the high time of real estate. And I'll tell you, I had worked so hard. My husband and I had invested every penny that we'd made together as, you know, started as poor little church mice and then finally had amassed some, some wealth for the first time in our lives. We invested in real estate down there in this real estate company. We got pregnant. We had the best little baby and just thought that nothing could possibly go wrong. And that was 2008. <laughs> and then I remember waking up and having a message from my partner to call him. Uh, the news about Lehman Brothers had broke and three of our projects were all backed by Lehman Brothers. And literally overnight, there was like a padlock put on the gates of these, you know, tremendous resort properties, including a Ritz-Carlton residential project of 2,300 acres on the ocean. And we just didn't know what to do. And of course, at first you think like, well, well, this is, you know, one of those things that's going to, it's going to blow over and you start pouring money into advertising and doing anything you can to keep your, you know, very, very uh, scared sellers happy and of course, you know, we are a second home market only down there, primarily selling to Americans and Canadians. And these were all multi-million dollar secondary vacation homes purchased in cash. And the market just stopped in its tracks. And we spent the next two and a half, three years just watching our bank accounts dwindle, you know, watching our poor sellers just, you know, get raked over the coals. And I was a new mom in the middle of all this too, uh, with my husband, who was also a realtor. So it was a really scary, awful time for us. And um, finally, thank God, we had one big commission, which landed us uh, the ability to move back to Hawaii, which was always our intent. And I was absolutely certain I would never sell real estate again. That was 2010, 2011. And we got settled here. We started looking into a number of different ventures that we were going to do together as a couple. 
And I got a phone call from a client who I'd actually met in Costa Rica. And I knew they had some properties out here in Hawaii. And they said, uh, hey, listen, we really want to buy this property. Um, you know, we need your help. I said, God, you know, I'm not licensed here. You know, I mean, I'm licensed here, but I don't have my license hung with an agency. I'd have to go like hang it somewhere. You know, let me get back to you. So I thought about it. And at the time, uh, Christie's really didn't exist out here on the Big Island. They had no market share out in Hawaii, but Sotheby's did. And as a competitor to Sotheby's, I thought I knew everything about what was behind the curtain at Sotheby's. And I thought, you know what? They're a, they're a global international brand with the cachet of luxury that is important to me. I guess I'll just try that. And I went in to meet with the owner of the brokerage at the time, who was Dodie MacArthur and our principal broker, Debbie L. And I loved that these two women were hardworking moms. And just everything they said was, you know, just music to my ears about how they operated the business and what they felt Sotheby's had to offer me. But I made it very clear in that first meeting that I was never going to be their top producer, never going to see my face on billboards, never going to at a convention like I just wanted to hang my license for this one deal and move on but I think Dodie MacArthur had other plans for me so <laughs> I signed <laughs> on with MacArthur Sotheby's in 2011 and did this first deal and through a series of events over the last nine years with the brand I have indeed become their top producer my face is indeed on the billboards <laughs> and I've had the wonderful opportunity to join the most incredible group of brokers I have ever, uh, ever done business with. Uh, I'm in an affiliation with Moira where we have almost 50 of the top brokers in the country who have formed an alliance to really share our best practices and to help and support each other. Uh, it has been the most incredible experience of my real estate career to know these professionals personally and professionally. And it's by virtue of this alliance that I've gotten to know my dear friend Moira and why we are here talking today about the fabulous referrals that can come out of this great alliance with the best brand in the planet. Man, not only did you guys tell two incredible stories that that show quite the journey you've been on but you also wrote the segue for me so so thank you i, I appreciate that that was great um so that that is that is indeed why we're here to talk today right so uh you guys have been through a, a changing real estate industry you know in in your tenure with you know as as a, a real estate professional but we're going through something un once again unprecedented and and something that we've we've never had to deal with as as a global community right with the the uh the pandemic and um and civil unrest and just kind of a combination of 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 everything and um in in today's world having access to a referral network and having access to uh you know other like-minded professionals must be uh, quite a boon for your, your business, I would assume. Yes. No question. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how this particular sale, uh, came to be. Moira, I'll let you start. These were your clients to begin with. Well, I received a call, uh, from a very, very good client, uh, someone that I've known for a 
long, long time and uh, have helped with other properties. Uh, and he, he had been contacting me, oh, about once a month over the last, you know, over the last year. And they were thinking about buying an island property, but here in the Northwest, uh, something perhaps up in the San Juans. And so he had reached out about a particular property in the San Juans. Uh, and at that time, I think he had been sitting on the address for about a month before he called me. And so I reached out to the agent and she said, well, you know, we're looking at offers tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. That won't work. So I called uh, my client back and I said, you know, this has been on for a while. And, and I see that it is, it's exactly what you said you want. Uh, but he said, oh, no, no, no. I've actually moved on. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, we're thinking about the big island. And, you know, I have friends there. We have friends. We have relatives who've lived there. And I said, oh, well, I'm quite familiar with the big island. And I have an amazing agent that I would love to refer you to. Do you have anyone? Have you, have you talked to anyone? And he said, oh, no, 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 not at all. I've just been speaking to my family. So Molly, of course, was top of mind as a result of our friendship and relationship uh, that we've been building through the Market Leaders uh, Forum within the Sotheby's Network. And so I said, well, let me get right back to you. And uh, I reached out to Molly and she was so excited and I said, I, I'm pretty sure, based on my experience as a tourist on the island, I'm pretty sure I know where they should be and where they would like to be, but you just need to lead them there. And so I had stayed at the uh, Four Seasons Resort at Hualalai and had had a little taste of the luxury real estate out there. Um, but Hualalai is, for a tourist from the West Coast, once you get there, you generally don't leave. It's just, it's just where you want to be. Mm -hmm. so, so Molly, with that, took the ball and ran with it. And the next call we had, we had a market leaders uh, Zoom meeting, which is actually how we've all stayed in touch all through the stay at home and COVID and, uh, you know, these, these times of staying in our house and trying to work remotely, getting our, getting our uh, sea legs on the remote aspect of things. Uh, Molly was supposed to be on a Zoom call with the group that Monday. And I think I, she and I had spoken Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, and she wasn't on the call. And so after the call, I called her and she said, I've been on the phone with your clients for three, four hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I am going to let Molly take it from here. Well, let me set the stage for the timing of this too. So 
Uh, COVID, of course, you know, started to, you know, gain um, uh, notoriety and change our lives in March. Uh, but it really was that last half of March and April where the real estate economy and business in Hawaii just came to a screeching halt. There, it should be the middle of our high season where I, you know, maybe see my family for dinner one or two nights a week. And instead, for the first time in my, you know, almost 20-year career in this business, I didn't have to go anywhere. I was just at home with my family, and it was awesome. For the first month, I loved every second of my quarantine naps, and I got my database up to speed, and I got my house cleaned, and it was just blissful. And then the first week of May came around, and I had to pay all the bills, and I looked at my husband, and I said, baby, we need a deal <laughs> because this is going to start to get kind of scary. And that was when this call had come from Moira, was about the uh, second week of May. And so sure enough, yes, I hopped on the phone Monday morning as early as my eyes would open to get on with this client to start talking about what they were looking for. And they're just wonderful, humorous, delightful people. And the conversation kind of goes all over the place. But it was the first time that I was really taking somebody through a completely virtual experience of what it would be like to be in a community they had never been in before. So certainly I'd had sight unseen purchases in my career, but it was usually for someone who had, you know, stayed in that condominium uh, complex or knew that resort or, you know, had been through that community. And, and of course, technology up to that point had helped us a lot, but the Zoom that we all started using in March, thank goodness we got proficient with that because that is what made this deal happen. The fact that I could send the link to my clients immediately, and as we're talking about a certain resort, I could screen share and walk them through every inch of the property on Google Earth to show them elevations, to show them what the views would be like in every direction, it was magnificent. And my clients immediately remarked and said, you know, in my business over the last, I don't know, 40 years of my career, I've never, ever had such a successful meeting. And I am going to use this with all of my employees now, because this is just incredible that you can in real time, show me exactly the questions that I have. I feel like I'm there. And so indeed, we spent four hours that first day, maybe even more, another four hours the next day. Uh, drilling down on maybe five properties. By day three, we had basically two properties that they were considering. And I went to those properties and FaceTime with them in both of them. And by that evening, we were writing an offer. And I have to say that I think in retrospect, the big picture takeaway from me with what technology has done to our industry in the last six months is that it has accelerated times 10 or more the entire process for me with my clients, especially being in a place like Hawaii, which is geographically remote. Generally speaking, you know, somebody calls me, they say, we're going to be out in a few weeks, let's start looking at properties. And we spend that time on the phone, you know, drilling down to, to you know, what general areas we want to tour. Then I, you know, pick them up at their hotel and we spend two days in the car and go back on the third day to look again. And, you know, it's, usually, you know, at least a month long, um, uh, you know, process for someone who really wants to move fast. In this case, it was 72 hours. 
for a significant property in a resort they had never been to before. Uh, we take on a lot of extra liability when we do these things too. And it was really important that we had, you know, I had the recordings from Zoom of our conversations. I had, you know, all this backup of the time I'd spent walking them through the various disclosures of these areas and what they needed to know. So I felt pretty good about it. And they had spent time on the island here to know, you know, a lot about the general area. But we landmarked something that was not even on their radar. They'd never heard of this resort before. And they asked me, like, well, is it, is it like Hualalai? Because we know Hualalai and Moira loves Hualalai. And I had only one way to tell them about it. And I said, you guys, it's just better. It's like Hualalai, like on steroids, like all of the best, plus, plus, plus. And that's how it came together. So I'm going to ask you both to look into the future and look ahead here because I think industry agnostic, the changes that the world is going through, you know, like you mentioned with the adoption of technology and kind of the increasing of pace, right, um, of how things move. Where do you see the the real estate industry's use of technology and kind of things like this process? Where Where do you see us five, ten years from now? Wow. I can't even imagine a year from now. It's all moving so quickly, truly. I'm curious to know if Moira has as many sight unseen, technology-assisted buyers as I've had in the last six months. No, I, I haven't. And I, I think because Hawaii is unique, uh, especially in that you've had the mandatory quarantine. Mm -hmm. And also, it's easier to describe uh, one location over another. I think you are actually in the perfect location to take full advantage of sight unseen purchases um, going forward. We we have so much, such a variety of inventory, such a variety of locations. I think it's difficult for people if they're wanting to leave one state and come to Washington in favor of something here, especially if they haven't spent a lot of time here. Mm -hmm. So I think that all of us, we as agents who are comfortable with the technology, should continue to get more comfortable with the technology and really hone our skills and try to help buyers become more comfortable. Uh, but it is interesting, and I have participated in and listened to a lot of webinars uh, throughout this stay at home and uh, and these past months of COVID-19. And it's really, really interesting listening to top brokers from around the world who are not comfortable selling virtually or have not had the opportunity or have maybe done one sale. But I think this, what Molly did uh, for my clients, our clients now, uh, was extraordinary. And she just figured it out so quickly 
and and rose to the occasion. And I think that more training, helping agents become uh, more adept, telling us having you know uh, coaching and helping us stay current and and feel comfortable with you know video cameras uh, for our listings and all the technology. I think the more help we have, um, the better we're going to be able to serve our clients. So. I take my hat off to Molly. She did an extraordinary job of uh, helping my clients be able to feel like they were there. Thank you, Moira. I'm, I am blushing on this end. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say what I think makes 100% of the difference in this business, and it's now more salient to me exactly why this is, the ability with Zoom to look at people immediately and start building a connection early on builds the trust in a way that being on the phone just can't replicate. And the funny thing is, I think we're all vain enough to be concerned with, you know, oh, I got to get on this call. I've got to do my hair and put on my makeup. And the truth is our buyers, they don't care about that. That's for us. And, and we always want to put our you know best foot forward, especially representing the brand that we do. But you know, our clients, you know, because of the time change, they wanted to talk to me at six o'clock in the morning sometimes. And I'm sorry, but I am not camera ready at 6 a.m. And it didn't matter. The fact that I could just get up and drink my coffee and start talking to them face to face with my hair up in a top knot and a, you know, workout outfit, you immediately, everybody lets down their hair and uh, you, you feel a closeness and a connection with people that way that is different than meeting them in your high heels and suit for a day of touring in your car. It was just a very comfortable, uh, easy environment for everyone to be in their own home at their own best time to connect this way. And, you know, the, the buyers have to be open to that as well. It can't be one-sided, but by virtue of having that immediate chance to get to know each other, they put their trust in me. And, and we haven't said yet, Eric, um, but I think we can say this was a, $13 million home that they purchased. And just as a funny side note, because we were doing all of this virtually, um, uh, a little, a funny little blip on the radar happened. So we're in contract on the $13 million home. And I wake up a couple days later and uh, I have a, a text message from the buyer saying, please call us right away. Important. I'm like, uh-oh, they changed their mind. Something's come up here. They, they realize this is too big of a stretch for, you know, a sight unseen purchase. And I give them a call and I said, hey, guys, what's, what's going on? They said, you know, um, God, we just realized looking at this home, it's just, it's perfect for us, but it's not going to be big enough for our staff. So can you help us find a condo nearby that we can buy for them as well? And of course, you know, that's music to any realtor's ears. Of course, happy to help you look for something else. So we get online and we start looking through the inventory of the surrounding resort community with some condominiums. And they're nothing to sneeze at. You know, they're million and a half dollar condos. And uh, there were, you know, a few that we were looking at. And we settled on one that was, you know, just right, perfect for them. We wrote it up got it into escrow. You know, now I've got two properties that, that Moira's referred me to for, you know, these buyers. So I'm happy as a clam and a couple more days goes by in the transactions. Things are rolling great. 
I wake up again to another 6 a.m. text. Hey, Molly, yeah, can you give us a call right away? Really important. I call them and I said, hey, guys, everything okay? They said, yeah, you know, we were looking through the paperwork last night and the videos that you sent of the home, and we realized we put the offer in on the wrong condo. We actually want the one that's downstairs from this one. And I said, gosh, guys, I'm sorry. I don't know how that could happen. Like, you know, I sent you the, you signed off on the actual photo of the unit and, you know, I don't know how we got to this part, but don't worry, we can still cancel and, and we'll make an offer on the other one. And they said, no, 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 we don't want to cancel the transaction. We want to buy the other one as well. <laughs> well then. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good day. So we put that one in escrow as well. So in the end, this was $16 million of collective purchases, sight unseen. So it wasn't one home tour. It was three home tours that we did virtually. And that's a pretty remarkable feat, you know, for it's just a, it's a lot of property to move, you know, with somebody online. And it took some time, but it would have taken more time if they would have been here in person. I can assure you of that. And in terms of where things are going, you know, at this pace with technology in our industry, I think like what Moira was saying, Hawaii is unique, again, because we are geographically isolated and we have the quarantine, which is, you know, has an undetermined um, date for that to be lifted. I have done probably at this point uh, 15 transactions in the last three to four months, of which all of them have been sight unseen, all wow. of them. And that would be a collective total of about $30 million of real estate sold. And it's so interesting because, you know, the more you do it, of course, the more you have comfort with it. But I would tell agents not to shy away or be afraid. It's such an opportunity. It gives you a chance to uh, mobilize people who can't be mobile right now for whatever reason. And they'll do anything to be here right now. And a lot of other resort markets as well, too. But it has the, the technology that is available to us has taught everybody they can work and school from home and they can be anywhere. So if you can be anywhere, why wouldn't you be in Hawaii? That's the big question. <laughs> That's what we're all asking ourselves. Yes. I, was just, I was just gonna say, if there's if there's one thing that uh, anybody walks away from this conversation with, it's uh, why why am I not in Hawaii right now? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the headline. Well, Moira, Molly, thank you so much for for joining joining us today on the on the Reside podcast. I will be sure to include links to your agent profiles on SouthernMeesRealty.com so that way everyone can can browse your the the listings that you represent and uh, and learn more about you. Um, and and with that, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna let you guys get back to your your days and uh, and and hopefully uh, making more deals. Right? You got it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe to the Reside by Sotheby's International Realty podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you're craving more Reside, visit Sotheby'sRealty.com slash Reside for more from this and previous issues of the magazine. Until next time. <laughs>